Well, good Sunday morning to you guys, and welcome to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather, and today we're going to go through Revelation chapter 17. So who is the scarlet woman and the scarlet beast that uh, that's spoken of in this chapter? Well, let's find out. Um, I hope you guys are doing well this morning. I hope you uh, have found your way uh, to a good local church and uh, you are being edified this morning. And um, if not, I pray that you will find one online that you'll be able to watch and attend and uh, maybe be able to be a part of. You know, Jack Hibbs, uh, Pastor Billy Crone, J.D. Farag, uh, Brandon Holthouse. <clears throat> Excuse me, there's quite a few good ones out there um, if you are lacking in that area. So as we can tell with the apostasy of the church, um, there's a lot of churches that are anemic, right? Not only anemic, but they're apostate. So, um, is it better to go to an apostate church or no church at all? I would probably say no church at all because the apostate church is not a church. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, crap. So, let's jump into chapter 17, uh, the book of Revelation. I'm reading out of the New King James Version this morning. So, and it says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, this is talking to the apostle John, remember? So, come, I will show you Goodness gracious, I can't read this morning. It says, come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adored and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations in the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead, a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. So, Let's kind of break that down a little bit because the good news is, guess what? The Bible's going to tell us the meaning of the woman and the beast, and that'll be coming up in verse number seven. So really quick, let me move some stuff out of the way here so I can adjust my reading. Okay, so taking notes from uh, David Jeremiah's study Bible, let's see what he has to say. It's kind of hard to maneuver all this, folks. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, okay. So it says the great harlot or porne, uh, pornea, basically in, in uh, Greek, says represents the devil's spiritually adulterous system of religion. Adherents of this counterfeit version of Christianity only, Christianity only appear to be joined uh, to the true God, but in reality, their heads are far from him. And you can look around the world today and see that. We have, I say, quote, pastors like Greg Locke and others out there uh saying that they are christians but they are really their mind is really far from that right uh they are not really part of the true uh bible believing remnant christian church now, the bible talks about a remnant church so a remnant is like a small small piece right it's not like the whole blanket right you're looking at a remnant so it's a very small piece and so when the bible talks about the remnant church in the end days there's going to be very few it's not a large large group of people right which we pray it is but 
the Bible seems to make it seem like very few, right, are actually true believers in Jesus Christ. And anybody can say that they're a Christian, but you know, you're going to know them by their fruits, right? Eventually, the truth will come out like Hillsong. The truth is coming out. These people are not Christians, right? The truth is finally coming out because God won't stand for that for long, I don't think. But you could tell them, you could tell by their fruits, right? And then you look at Bethel and all these other people, like what is the Bill Johnson, like the gold dust and like all this garbage, this, you know, blasphemous, heretical bull, right? But the truth will come out. And if you still follow them, and if you think that's okay, I want you to really take a look at Spencer Smith's documentary on these people, right? Third Adam, go check it all out. Um, but grave soaking, like where in the world in the Bible is that? Number one, it's not. That's occultism. That is Satanism. Anything that's not of God is of Satan. So you may think you're new age and mother earth and all of this stuff. It's all satanic. It is all satanic. If you're not if you're not following the true Jesus Christ, the Son of God, then you are following Satan, whether you know it or not, or whether you want to admit it or not, you are. The Bible says that. Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. Remember, he told the Pharisees that. Remember that in the in the book of Matthew? So remember that, guys. So, you know, when people say, we're all children of God. No, no, we are not. We are not all children of God. The Bible makes that very clear. If you do not have Jesus Christ as your Savior, Jesus says you're of the devil. Your father is the devil. But if you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're a friend of God. Remember, we are children of God. Then I call you. Remember, I call you friends. So anyway, get into the Bible and read the Bible. Don't take anybody's word for it. Don't listen to what, you know, these heretical pastors teach you. Joe, I'm telling you, about Joe Osteen, honey, is not saved. I'm here to tell you he is an apostate. He is demonic. Look at him. The man is, I'm just saying... He is, don't live your best life now. I'm just telling you now, if you're following that right now, this, honey, this is your best life now because your life to come is not going to be uh, your best life now. So remember that. Um, yeah. So just just remember that the Jesus Christ himself, while he was on earth, warned us and told us that the apostasy of the church would be prevalent in the end days. Honey, we are in the end days right now. I mean, you can't get any more end days than where we are right now. We are already seeing the signs that Jesus Christ told us would come before uh, the great tribulations. We're seeing all this right now. We are living in these days. And Jesus, so what did he say? When you see these things begin to happen, lift your head up because your redemption draws near. So as Christians, we are to be watching for our Lord Jesus Christ, the great appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, Titus 2.13. So we are to be looking for him, right? We are to be telling people the truth. People, I'm telling if you're a Christian right now, you're here for a reason. God has you here in this battle right now. Uh, the Apostle Paul says, remember, fight the good fight, you know, run your race. We are here to run a race, to fight the good fight, which is not go out by the biggest house, nicest car, you know, exceed in your job, do the best you can, blah, 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 blah. We're supposed to do the best we can. And we forgot. But I mean, I'm just saying this is not what we're here for. We are here to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ and what he's done for me and us and what he can do for everybody else. That's what we're here for until we're called home. 
this is not our best life, people. This is not. We live in a fallen world right now. Jesus Christ is going to burn this world up. See, you see all this global talk, you know, about, oh, the climate change. And the, yeah, you better believe climate change is coming. You're just waiting until the tribulation hits, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, climate change is coming. <laughs> I think you'll be a little bit surprised. But, you know, yeah. This whole world's going to be burned over. Jesus Christ bringing in a whole new world, right? A whole new heaven and earth. And oh my gosh, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be magnificent. W words can't describe it. We can't, we, there's no way we can describe that, right? But right now, we are in a fallen world. And so I hear people all the time, well, why would God let this happen? And why is all this happening to me? And all this stuff. Well, I'm going to tell you everything. Jesus said, you will have trials and tribulations in this earth. They hated me. They will hate you too. The world will hate you if you follow Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, so if the world loves you, then you're not doing something right for the Lord. I'm telling you, if you if you can blend into this world's system, if somebody don't look at you and say, well, look at that Bible thumper over there, you're doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong. Okay. You're not doing God's will. I'm not saying you're not saved, but I'm just saying you're not doing his will. Because we will be attacked. It's a demonic world. There's just huge warfare going on. What do you think uh, principalities of darkness is that the Apostle Paul talked about? We are in the end days. You better get suited up. You better put on the armor of God. He gave us armor, right? Okay. Ephesians uh, chapter 6. Read it. You're going to put your helmet of salvation on, right? So when the devil throws those fiery darts at you, and he will, and his little dem demonic dominions, they will, they'll, they'll throw these darts at your mind, right? How are you to counteract those? You've got to have the helmet of salvation on. You've got to know that you are saved through Jesus Christ. And that salvation means you're saved. Nobody can snatch you out of the Father's hand. Jesus told us that in John, right? Nobody. So when the devil brings us stuff that you've done like years ago, like all, you remember all those sins you did? You remember all that? Doesn't matter. You're saved. So when God looks at you, he doesn't look at you what you've done what you're gonna do or anything like that he looks at you as though you've never sinned remember that jesus christ paid it all for you and for me so remember that so you get the helmet of salvation right boom you're ready to go then what else you need you need the breastplate of righteousness like what is that we are not righteous in and of ourselves no we are filthy rags right no we are righteous in christ jesus so when you accept Jesus as your Savior, you ask him to forgive you of your sins, right? Guess what? The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. What? How crazy and awesome is that? So our righteousness is through Jesus Christ because he's our righteousness, right? He is our. So when God looks at us, he's looking at us through Jesus Christ. Not through us, but he looks through Jesus through the blood of his atonement, and then sees us, right? So that's where our righteousness is in Christ. And then what are we going to put on? Well, we got to have the belt to hold everything together, right? So we put the belt of truth on. The Bible is the truth. And then we got to stick to the truth and don't be led astray uh, by all these whims and all this stuff. Going, I found a new, uh, God told me to tell you, to tell you, to tell me, to tell, no. There is no other revelation. God is not telling these people all this stuff, okay? Remember, the Bible the canon is closed. It's closed for a reason. Could you imagine all these people that could be like teaching people and leading them astray, you know, by all this? But no, the Bible says in Revelation, anybody who adds to this book, God will add to the plagues that are written therein. So if I was you, be very leery about God told me to tell you to tell you whatever bull. Get out of that. 
Read your Bible. Get out of that. God's going to tell you, all right, but he's going to tell you through his word, okay? I'm not saying that your Christian brothers and sisters, if they come up and, you know, give you some advice or some wisdom and say, hey, you know, I noticed, I'm not, not saying that. I'm just saying all these false prophets out there, you know, like the cat curs and all this. That woman is demonic. She is demonic. I caught flack on my YouTube channel a while back for posting some stuff on her. I'm like, really? I did a whole video in her own words. I didn't put words in her mouth. She did it herself. I'm just saying. Huh. She's crazy. She's insane. But anyway, she's demonic. I mean, look at these people. You can remember be possessed by the, you can be possessed by demons. Hello. Spoke about how many times did Jesus talk about that? A lot. So anyway, moving right along, folks. But yeah, I just want to throw that out there. You know, get in the Word of God. Don't let anybody else tell you what's going on. You find out for yourself and then find some very good doctrinally sound preachers, pastors, teachers, and resources. Okay, if you go to my website, the uh, Bible Prophecy, the number four today.com, I've got tons of resources from great pastors, authors, and teachers and programs that you can go to and you can read um, all about that. Right. And another one is always gotquestions.com. Org. You can always go there. They are doctrinally sound. I don't always agree with what they say, but they back it up with scripture. And, you know, it's it's a great resource to go to. So anyway, so let's move right along. Sorry, <laughs> sidetracked this morning. But anyway, so what are we going to next? So it says, um, so he goes on, he says the, that's the, that's the, uh, the harlot, right? And then we're going to move on to, let's move over here. Okay. So uh, the wording indicates that the harlot made the kings and the inhabitants of the earth drunk with power, pride, false worship, and material possessions, all of which will perish in the judgment. So he says fornication um, in this context, of course, it means idolatry, right? So the fornication is the idolatry, okay? So any worship that's you're not worshiping the God of the Bible is considered spiritual adultery, okay? And you can read all about that in Nahum um, 3 and 4. So uh, if you haven't got a good uh, prophecy study Bible, or if you haven't got a good study Bible, I highly recommend Dr. David Jeremiah's study Bible. You can go grab that. Uh, Warren Wearsby has a really good um, study Bible. And of course, John MacArthur. Those would be my top three that I, that I look at. Um, and of course, also the old Holman uh, Christian Standard Bible, the HCSB, not the new CSB that they have out now, but their old one. Their apologetics Bible is a very good one as well. So I was going to end up, look over here if I can find my Warren Wearsby here. Okay, so here it is. And so, um, you know, the harlot, okay, so when it talks about this, it says the harlotry of the false religious system of the la in the last days will be seen in her alliance with the political powers of the world. And we see that happening, right? Look at the World Economic Forum. Uh, look at all these global, everything's all global, right? Everything's moving in. And of course, us little peasants, we have no say-so really what's going on. If you think you're going to vote, you really don't. We have no say-so. But God is in ultimate control. So don't ever give up and say, well, I'm not even going to go vote. Yeah, go vote. Go vote. Do your part. Vote for the most godly candidate, right? That upholds godly values. But I'm saying, we're in the end day. So God sets up kingdoms and God takes them down. Remember, God puts kings in places and he takes them down. So remember that. We have bumbling Biden in the United States. We have him for a reason because, you know, we're under judgment. So God has put him there. And so we literally are, are under judgment. We are living Romans 1. We Our country is in a reprobate mind. I think the whole world literally is in a reprobate mind and you can see with everything going on the technology artificial intelligence 
um, everything that's going on is culminating in the end days. And we're all here. We're all here. Um, if you haven't looked at the news or you haven't turned on the TV, we are in the end times. That's why I think it's vitally important um, that we that I'm trying to do this study on uh, the tribulation because this is what is coming. How soon is it coming? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, I mean, you know, the rapture of the church could, is imminent. The Bible said it could happen at any minute. And if anybody ever tells you when it's going to happen, you just say, <laughs> sorry, buddy, you need, to write your, you need to read your Bible, right? Because the Bible tells me that the angels in heaven don't know. The Son of God doesn't know. Only God the Father knows when he's sending his son to take his bride. And as you're a born-again believer in Christ, we are the bride of Christ. And so, like, what does he say? Y'all have gone to prepare a place for you, right? And then, of course, there's going to be the seven-year marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven. And that's going to be the seven-year tribulation on earth. So there's so much that's going to happen. And I think it's it's imminent. It could be imminent. So, like I said, if we could be gone, right? And what do you think is going to happen when billions of people disappear off? The, I pray it's billions of people disappear off the planet. What do you think is going to happen? There is going to be... Like chaos that words probably can't even and 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 put in. You can't even put that into words. What is going to happen? The fear, the terror, uh, the old, the death, the carnage, and not from not from not from like God's you know wrath right off the bat. That's just going to be from so many people disappearing. They could be driving cars, airplanes. Who knows? Be on trains. You don't know space. Who knows? Right? And all these people that not only that they control. Uh, yeah, you've got Christians that are at airports that control the town, you know, all kinds of stuff. So there's going to be mass chaos. Don't think that, you know, they're not going to know. But they've already, if you listen to the news reports today, all these new agers and satanics and all these, they're already giving excuses for when all these people disappear off the planet. Because, you know, their their channelers are telling them and they're like, you know, these people are Mother Earth and like all this garbage. They're demons that are telling them these things, right? Because the demon, Satan knows the Bible. You don't think he's read the Bible? He's read it. He he knows when these things happen that his time um, is short, right? And so he can see the times too. So God is allowing these things to happen because ultimately revelation is all about God's wrath being poured out on an unbelieving world. So he's letting, you know, these things are happening just as God has planned them to happen. And so, and he's allowing these things to happen. And so I think it's vitally important that we study the book of Revelation, that we study the book of Daniel, that we study Zechariah and Ezekiel and all these things. The prophecy in the Bible is nearly one third of the Bible. Okay, if God didn't think that it was important and he didn't think that we should know what's going to happen, I don't think he would have told us, especially one third of his word. Okay, it's vitally important. And so I think it's we need to be studying this because there's going to be people that are going to be left behind and they're going to be like, what's going on? Because they may not know. I talk to people every day that don't know. Like they hear, you know, people talk about the tribulation and they talk, but they don't know what it is. Think about it. If you and I weren't Christians and we hadn't studied the Bible and we didn't really know what the tribulation was, you know, you just heard about it. You know, what would you think about based off Hollywood movies? You know, you're not going to know what is really going on and what you can do and what you absolutely should not do. Oh, there goes my dog. Sorry. Mm. We have some bad weather apparently heading towards our area here in Texas. So we may have some 
pretty nasty weather, but that's not that's coming up here in about an hour or so. And of course, later this evening it was supposed to get kind of nasty. But anyway, pray for us here um, in Texas. But uh, so I mean, you you wouldn't know what was going on, right? You would have no idea. You'd be like, oh my gosh. And of course, what are you going to do? You're going to turn on the news, the propaganda machine, and they're going to tell you what you should believe. Kind of like right now, like what the news is telling everybody right now, what they should believe. Remember, you turn the news on here. I'm not kidding. It's here in the United States, Australia, the UK, everywhere. It's the same Canada, everywhere. I don't know about Russia. I don't get much Russian news, especially with RT news. But I tried to keep up with that, of course, now that here nor there. But anyway, this is not a headlines program. So, um, but yeah, so they all tell you the same thing, right? You can, you can play them all verbatim and they all pretty much tell you the same thing. This is what happened. This is what's going on. There's death. There's death. There's all this stuff, right? But they're telling you what they they want you to know. They're molding society, okay? So you, as a Christian, need to have discernment. The Holy Spirit gives you discernment in these end days. So we should know, hey, there's something wrong here, right? This isn't right. This is not true. Get in the Word of God. And then you're going to read the Word of God. And you're like, oh, my gosh, the Bible said this was going to happen. You know, this, he said this was going to happen. It's happening, all right? So let's move on. Sorry, we need to go for that. <laughs> so anyway, it says um, the uh, I do, the har, harlotry of the false religion. Um, let's see the harlot. Oh my goodness, my eyes! I tell you, I, feel like, I wonder what the Apostle Paul's thorn was. I think mine was mine is my eyes. <laughs> so um, anyway, it says here um, the word indicates that uh, the harlot made the kings and the inhabitants of the earth drunk with power, pride, false worship, and material possessions all of which will perish in the judgment. Fornication in this context means idolatry. So, yeah, think about that. The United States of America is probably the most materialistic country, nation, I would say, in the world. I mean, we have so much garbage. Like, there's so much literal junk. Just junk. That's all we have is just junk. And then used to, you know, back in the 60s and in our industrial, you know, booming days you know we things lasted you know now you go to the store you buy you don't expect that to last six months because it was china stuff and you know it's not made very well and they cheap right cheap manufacturing and uh so we we don't even expect it to last six months but you know i still have hammers that my grandpa had you know or my dad's dad so you know and and my mom's dad i still got those hammers so i mean think about it things used to be made right to last not anymore it's a throwaway society. Everything's throwaway. Everything. So he goes on and he says, um, the harlotry of the false religion system in the last days will be seen in her alliance with the political powers of the world. The seven heads and ten horns uh, speak of the political system of the beast, the Antichrist. So though this uh, great harlot, oh my goodness, my eyes, I'm sorry guys. Though this great harlot is dressed like a queen, the cup she holds is full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. This is the way sin works. It comes covered in an attractive veneer that hides uh, its evil and hideous consequences. Believe me, your sin will find you out. The Bible says that your sin will find you out. So, yeah. So, the name of the woman's forehead, okay, recalls the place where idolatry began, the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. And then the ancient city of Babylon in Daniel. In the Old Testament, Babylon was synonymous with adultery, pride, and rebellion against God. You remember? Anyway, in the end times, Babylon the Great is a city yet unknown, and the system of idolatry that began in antiquity continues through to this day, and it does. And a lot of people think that the, the old city of Babylon will be rebuilt 
and that this is going to all happen out of Babylon. And, you know, that could very well be true, but I think it's more of a, you know, like mystery Babylon. I still think it's like a system, right? Like, you know, a system, the world system that's going on. Um, but, you know, it's neither here nor there. But anyway, so let's read chapter seven. So this is the meaning of the woman and the beast. So, but the angel said to me, why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast and of the beast that carries her which was or which has the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. Okay. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. When they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. Okay. So let's skip down here and say, so these verses, um, an angel begins to interpret the mystery um, of John's vision. So, um, it says, uh, identifying the beast as Antichrist who deceives the whole world. Remember, we talked about his deadly wound was healed. and It was like he died, but he came back. And, of course, the whole world marveled after him, right? So his deceptions include a contrived death and, quote, resurrection. The one, uh, the one that you saw was and is not and will ascend, right? And so moving on to chapter nine, or not, I'm sorry, not chapter nine, verse nine says, here's the mind which has wisdom. Okay. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Okay. And there are also seven Kings. Five have fallen. One is, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition so break it down so the woman is the harlot the representation of the false religious system of the end times which we see coming about right now the catholic church is heading that you can see the the pope who was an alien i'd, I'd baptize the alien and we all just need to come to y'all just need to come back to mother to the mother church and you can see that they are like uh and you can see the apostate pastors right blending in uh with with the catholic church the catholics like oh muslims we all uh you know we all you know follow the same god and you know blah 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 which is that you can see they're setting up the world religion system right it's a system folks don't get me wrong it's a system and so anyway he goes on to say uh the seven mountains are rome okay remember known as a city built on seven hills that was rome or its corresponding kingdoms so the eighth king um is uh the eighth king um, who is yet to come, the Antichrist, will emerge from somewhere within the Roman Empire. <clears throat> I think almost every biblical scholar I've read um, believes that. So the Antichrist will come from the old Roman Empire, right? So uh, verses 12 through 10 says, The ten horns which you saw are the ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they received authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them for he is Lord of lords and king of kings and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. So the ten horns of the ten kings will be given authority to rule the world, right? Along with the Antichrist during this great tribulation, right? Uh, their reign will end when the triumph of the lamb, Jesus Christ, which is Daniel 7, uh, 20 and 1 Timothy 6, 15 speaks about that. So verse 15 says, Then he said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And the ten horns which you saw on the beast um, says 
These will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind, and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Think about that, folks. Whoo, goodness. Do you want to be here for that? No, I don't think so. But anyway, let's continue. These It's literal, folks. Okay, so these verses show the self-destructive nature of sin. The very people who rule with Rome, the harlot, now turn against her and destroy her. The evil world system marvels at the beast and follows him, but he will actually turn against it and destroy it. So that God moves uh, the kings who want to fulfill his purpose shows God is always in control. He is sovereign. So he, oh, it's amazing. It's awesome. Anyway, and that his goodness still reigns even in the midst of the evils of the end times. So chapter 17 concludes with Babylon. Uh, that's that great city and it's ruling over the kings of the earth. So chapter 18 is the fall of Babylon the great. So we'll get into that next, which is exciting, right? So you kind of have an idea. The Bible pretty much will tell you. It interprets itself, right? It's going to tell you. Um, but, of course, if you don't know the Old Testament or you're not real familiar with everything, you're going to be like, well, you know, what was the seven mountains? You wouldn't know that that's Rome, right? So let me move here to Warren Wearsby. And uh, Warren Wearsby says, what's he have in chapter 17? So he's got the Scarlet Woman and the Scarlet Beast, right? So he's talking about, um, let me move this up here a little bit. So, Let's see here. So he says, um, this, oh my goodness, sorry about that, guys. Um, he says, uh, the scene begins with an invitation. One of the angels asked John to come up and see what God will do with the beast worldwide religious system. Everything, remember, folks, remember, you see the apostasy, the church, you see everything happening, the falling away. And then, of course, you have the satanic religion, you have the new age, you have the Hinduism, you have uh, Buddhism, you have all of this stuff. Well, this is all satanic. It's all satanic. But you see them all moving like towards the Catholic church, right? I'm telling you, woo, everybody is pretty much in agreement um, with, you know, probably going to be, because it's probably in the end times, I'm just, the Pope is probably my, my interpretation of scripture um, not just my interpretation, but what the Bible tells me, you don't want to exit Jesus. You want to, so anyway, what I what I understand and what the scripture seems to plainly state, and most biblical scholars and eschatology teachers and preachers teach this as well. And this is where I get, I, this is where I learn from. I read these guys, right? And they all seem to think that it's going to be, you know, the Pope, the Catholic Church. Because when you look around the world, who's trying to unite everybody? What's the Pope? And they've thought this for years, right? It's not just anything recent or new. They've thought it for years, right? Ever since like 20, 30 years ago, I mean, I remember this, right? But then you see the things happening in the world and you see what the Catholic Church is actually doing. It's like bringing people in and then you're thinking, oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> the Bible talked about this thousands of years. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of cool. But anyway, so he goes on to say uh, four times in this chapter, the woman is called a harlot or a prostitute and her sin is called fornication. Her evil influence has extended to the whole world, reaching even into high places, which is the kings of the earth. John readers would not have been surprised when he used an evil prostitute to symbolize a wicked city or political system. God even called Jerusalem a harlot. Isaiah said that Tyre um, uh, was a harlot, and Nahum used the same designation for Nineveh. Remember that, Nineveh? Woo! Um, so these verses make clear that the harlot is identified with a city that existed in John's day, the sits in present tense. So uh, the city is prosperous and powerful, but is also idolatrous or blasphemy. 
and dangerous. For one thing, it pollutes the nations with its filth and abomination, of course, pictured by the gold goblet. For another, it persecutes those who belong to the Lord, power, wealth, pollution, and persecution. The world, the words summarize the great harlot's involvement on a worldwide scale. So anyway, he goes on to say the seven heads symbolize seven mountains and also seven kings or kingdoms. In keeping with Old Testament, uh, Old Testament uh, imagery, sorry about that, guys. Um, according to Revelation 17.10, five of these kings or kingdoms had passed off the scene. One was present in John's day and one was yet to come. Probably the five past kingdoms would be, of course, Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, and Greece. The present kingdom would have been Rome at that time. And the future kingdom would be that of the beast. So in the days when John's prophecy, of course, will be fulfilled, an amazing thing is going to happen. The harlot, of course, is going to be made desolate by the very system that carried her. Is that not crazy? God is awesome. Uh, we should note, he says, that the beast carries the harlot. Satan and Antichrist will use the apostate religious system to accomplish um, his own ends, of course, attain world power. But then he's going to do away with the harlot and establish his own religious system. And all of this will fulfill God's word, which is verse 17. Of course, 1715 says readers in John's day would have identified the harlot with the Roman Empire. Uh, he says readers in the Middle Ages might have identified it as the Roman uh, ecclesiastical system. Today, some believers see the harlot and uh, the Babylonian system in an apostate world church that minimizes doctrinal truth, rejects the authority of the word, and tries to unite professed believers um, on some other basis uh, than faith in Jesus Christ. Gee, is, is, is that going on right now? No, no, surely not absolutely that's going on right now and it's going on uh with a vengeance i would say it's really it's it's really in the forefront and you can see it by everything in the news and i mean you can see you know all these people like i used to be a christian but you know i decided that that's just you know i lost i lost my uh i lost my faith like well you never had faith okay you never had faith you were never a christian you were never a true believer in Jesus Christ. So you never lost your salvation. You never had it. So anyway, ah, sorry. Keep hitting that. Anyway, um, so it goes on to say, uh, uh, readers in John's day, of course, you know, uh, would have known that. And of course, I like how he says that it's going to minimize doctrinal truth. That's going to be the apostate world church. Just pay attention to what's going on in the world. Pay close attention to the Catholic Church and pay very close attention to the Southern Baptist uh, Convention, the SBC. Uh, which is quite scary, but pay attention because the man, I'm glad I got out of that. Like back in 2017, I should have got out sooner, but you know, they used to be a very doctrinally sound church. Now they, I would say they're even past neo evangelical. Now they are way past. They are heading, um, heading to apostasy, unfortunately, but just be very close to attention. And if you do attend an SBC church, make sure that, you know, the pastor and personally, and you uh, come to an agreement with, I'm not saying all SBC churches are bad. I'm not saying that. I mean, I, I attend one now, but they don't follow, you know, I wish they would just break away from the SBC. And I'm actually looking for another church. I've actually found one um, here where I attend, uh, where I want to attend. Um, and it's a fundamental Baptist church, which is what I am. I'm technically, I'm, I'm really a fundamental Baptist. And, um, and so it's here, it's actually right down the street. And I'm seriously thinking about um, going there. Uh, so help me pray about that, folks. Um, so anyway, he goes on and he says, um, 
uh let's see yeah here we go so uh 15 he says readers in john's day would have identified that harlot right talking about the, the minimizing the doctrinal truth rejects authority of the word and tries to unite professed believers on some other basis other than faith in jesus christ remember that so one thing i remember which really stood out to me um was uh way back a few years ago i believe it was in 2010 that the bible uh the the southern baptist uh, convention had got together and they said that the word of god was um not without error when i was like what the word of god is without error it is the pure unadulterated word of god there's no error in it right but they and so that almost split the sbc they had the big uproar over that and of course and they had to change it right but that right there should have told you um, anybody that goes there that if they would even consider that that you know something something is not right within that denomination so anyway so he goes on to say um right here uh verses 18 he says satan's counterfeit religion is subtle right it's very subtle requiring spiritual discernment to recognize paul was greatly concerned uh, that the local church he found uh founded not be seduced away from their sincere devotion to christ that's second corinthians 11 verses 1 through 4 every age he says um, has tremendous pressure to conform to popular religion and to abandon the fundamentals of faith in these last days we all need to heed uh the uh admoni admonitions in uh first timothy 4 and second uh, timothy 3 and remain true to our lord that again is first timothy 4 and second timothy chapter 3 those are very good chapters to read because you if you read second timothy right now three you're going to say, holy moly, this is what's really going on in the world today. You really see it now. But anyway, so next we're going to get into Babylon, uh, that fall of Babylon the Great. And of course, the world mourns Babylon's fall. And then of course, uh, it's going to get into all of that. We're going to find out what Babylon is, who Babylon is, and what's really going on and how it happens. And it's going to be very exciting. And uh, I'm going to try to do that maybe later on this afternoon or tomorrow. Um, I'm working on um, I'm working on finishing my book, and then I'm starting uh, another book. So I, I do have After the Rapture, what comes next? And I wrote that um, actually when I was sick with COVID <laughs> back in 2020, and so I kind of want to uh, do another take on that. Um, I won't give the title name out, but um, hopefully I'll have that finished um, maybe this week or next week, and uh, I want to get that. Um, published and up and ready to go because uh, i want to change it up a little bit um after the rapture what comes next is strictly biblical it's strip i mean i mean it's always gonna be biblical but i mean it's strictly lots and lots of scripture and it's for people who are left behind and they want to know what's going on we can turn right there to that book and it's going to take you right straight through the tribulation by verses of the bible exactly in order right well in the order that we see it happening through the biblical lens of what we think i mean of course you know that doesn't mean that it was all written in Revelation in order, right? So anyway, um, yeah. So I'm going to try to rewrite that, put it into um, a little bit more, you know, my spin on it. You know, not my spin, but my wording, you know, make it a little bit more um, flowing, easier to read, and then kind of incorporate the scripture verses into there. Not, you know, the whole chap, you know, the whole scripture just kind of take, um, like, you know, kind of paraphrase the scripture so that way people can read through it a whole lot easier um and i mean it's an easy read it's like 50 something pages so it's not like you know really hard to read it's a really great resource book if you guys want to go out and grab that and you know maybe leave it laying around or something because you know we could be raptured at literally any moment in the twinkling of an eye we could be gone and then there's going to be people left 
that you know maybe never had the maybe never heard the gospel or they might have but they never had the chance to make up their mind they may they may not really know what's going they might have been binging netflix during all this time and they don't really have any idea what's going on in the real world and so or what's coming upon the world so anyway um grab that book maybe leave it on your coffee table or something man <laughs> there's a lot of good books out there um a lot of i think billy crone's got billy crone's got a really good way better um if i was you i'd get his um uh, billy crone he's got one the COVID deception which is really good um but yeah terry james there's a lot of really 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 good um christian authors out there right now talking about the end time so and what's going to happen so anyway and with that i'm going to get off of here and uh as always get in the word of god let the word of god get into you and uh, Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha, come quickly. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I pray that this, uh, that the reading of the word of God is a blessing to you. Um, and um, I hope it inspires you to get into the word of God, um, to read the word of God, to study the word of God, and to draw close to God. Because when you draw close to him, he will draw close to you. So anyway, with that, guys, have a wonderful afternoon. And may God bless you and keep you in Jesus' name. Amen.